Good morning, Crosswalk. We are glad you joined us here, and to those online, thank you for being with us. I am Randall Lucas, one of the pastors here at Lover's Lane, and I will be sharing with you today, Stan is away in Paris, and that's Paris, Texas, <laughs> not France. He will be back with us next week. I am so excited to share with you um, as we continue our sermon series, Recover. The sermon title is The Hope for Surrender. How many of us say, I will sacrifice my body for beauty? Like uh, squeezing into skinny jeans. (laughs) Or how about wearing those stiletto shoes, sacrificing our feet, Dee Dee? (laughs) How about I'm going to go on this fast to become closer to God? And then we tell all of our friends. Or here's another one. We go on a missions trip and we blow up social media telling everybody, look what I'm doing for Jesus. I have personally done all of these things. (laughs) So what does this have to do with surrendering? I didn't hear that. What was it? (laughs) So what does this have to do with surrendering or being a living sacrifice presenting ourselves to God. Let's look at Romans 12, 1 through 2, and I believe it'll be on the screen. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let us pray. God, I just come before you today giving you thanks for your many blessings. God, I surrender everything I am to you. I ask that you hide me behind your cross. So that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart may be pleasing to you. And they may be hope to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul is writing to the Romans house churches probably about 50 years after the ascension. Scholars think that the letters are sent to a mix of Jewish and and Gentile believers. In the preceding chapters, he goes into great detail about proving that through Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God is revealed to all people. In addition, Paul talks about how the law reveals our sin, pride, shame, and fear. But we are made righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. This is Paul's whole point. Jesus Christ is a perfect sacrifice for atoning for our sins once and for all. In verse 1, Paul uses a metaphor of presenting ourselves to God. The meaning of this word would not be lost on the people that he was writing to. What is not apparent in the English translation is that it is made possible by the grace and mercy of God. It is made possible by the grace of and mercy of God. We receive God's righteousness and God renews our mind and we live according to God's will. 
There is a, a recovery program called Alcoholic Anonymous, where we see in step three, I believe they'll put it on the screen, it says we have made a decision to turn our wills and our lives over to the care of God. We have made a decision to turn our wills and our lives over to the care of God. This is only made possible when we surrender our wills to God. This involves letting go of our pride or ego. Or another way of looking at at ego is edging out God. We see in the ancient Jewish tradition how they thought they could do it all on their own. They believed they they were righteous because of what they did following the law. They felt like they could do everything to please God in their own strength. But Paul says, no, it is not the law. It is the law that is written on your heart that you live from this place. This is the opposite of pride. Pride is thinking we can do it on our own. Or even we can do this or that to please God. This is also like when we say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to serve on a missions trip or whatever, and this is going to be my sacrifice to God. It can be prideful. The decision to surrender is based on the fact that you cannot do it on your own. This is made possible by the grace of God working in and through us. This is the complete work of God. It's all the action is on God. Our part is just to surrender or to respond. This makes me think of when I was younger. I was a full-time college student, and I was working full-time. And after graduating, I went on and accepted a job at a fashion uh, company in downtown Los Angeles. I'd been, after a few months, I'd been promoted several times. And I ended up being the senior customer service representative, handling Um, customer service for the largest uh, department stores on the East Coast, actually throughout the country. I believe by pushing and doing my best and working long hours, I would achieve. Thus, I would receive a promotion, validation. The more I pushed, the more I achieved. The more I achieved, the more I was validated. I believe my only validation was in success. Needless to say, I got burnt out. I thought I could do it all on my own. And I had all the answers to my career path. I was prideful. I finally decided to turn my career path over to God. I could no longer do it on my own. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm talking about that we should not do our best for God. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about when we turn our will over to God and let God make things happen for us, not what we do in our own strength. In Romans 12:1, it says, Present yourself to God, the one that loves you and died for you. It is not about you bringing sacrifice or how we can make it happen on our own. But it's about receiving the grace and mercy that God gives us. It is through Jesus Christ that we're made good enough. 
This is contrary to the images that we see in media, social media, or even that we believed and told ourselves. The messaging is that we are to perform and achieve. The message is what you do and what do you have to bring to the table. It is not about that at all. It is all about our response to God. The whole basis of surrender is God and God is the, and, uh, the whole basis of surrender is totally on God's mercy and God's grace that is revealed throughout Scripture. Paul sets up mercy against the law to show us that it is not our actions that make us righteous, but it's through Jesus Christ. Like the first Adam brought sin into the world, the second Adam redeems the world. That through faith in Jesus Christ, we are all made in right standing with God. It is not of our own works, lest we should boast. Looking at this from another perspective, Paul says that he does the same thing that he doesn't want to do. In Romans seven fifteen through 20, he says, I do not understand my actions, for I do not do what I want. But I do the very thing I hate. Not if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But the fact is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing dwelling in me, that is the flesh, I can do what is right. But I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want to do. That is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. I have seen this in my own life. What about you? This is a reason that God's grace is revealed through Jesus Christ. I don't have the power to do the right thing. In this scripture, we see the result of sin, but we also see the other pitfall of ego edging out God. It is when we feel shame. While preparing for this sermon, I called a friend of mine. I will call her Kristen. I asked her to tell me about her experience of the third step of AA. She told me about her experiencing sexually trauma from a past relationship. Kristen said that I did not date for five years because of my rape. So I decided to go on Tinder, where I felt like I could talk to guys from the distance of a screen. I ended up talking to a guy. We continued to talk. This was not a hookup or anything like that. We ended up meeting and talking. Come to find out, he was a sexual therapist researcher. It was an aha moment. I decided to get out of God's way and my feeling of shame. I ended up going to a therapist, not him. Through working the steps and allowing God to work in my life, I found new life. I don't call it surrender because of my past. I call it getting out of God's way. She then goes on to say, to share with me the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. 
living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace. Taking, as Jesus did, this sinful, sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy in the life with you forever. Amen. Kristen found hope and surrender. We see the perfect example of surrender in Jesus Christ. Right after the Passover, or what we now call the Lord's Supper, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. He is troubled in his spirit about his impending death. He prays, Abba, Father, for all things are possible with you. If it be your will, remove this cup from me. Talking about his death. Yet, not what I want, but what you want. Other translations say, not your will, but my will. Not my will, but your will be done. He was fully God and fully human, so he could have chosen another path. But he surrendered his will to God. He surrendered his will to God the Father, even to death on the cross. This perp, uh, he, we have all heard the uh, scripture saying there is no greater love than this, that a person lay down their life for a friend. The point here is not that we, the point here is that we serve a living God. He laid his life down for us. I know many of us have had bad experiences with the church. We were taught that God is always after us like an avenger. But we read the scripture that says we have a loving God that came down to make a better way. Our God is not made, our God is not mad at you. He is mad, madly in love with you. Perhaps you do not, perhaps you've had a bad experience with your earthly father, and you cannot surrender to a God that is called Father. We as United Methodists don't believe that God has body parts. So perhaps you surrender to your loving mother. That is what my friend Kristen did in the earlier story. She couldn't surrender to the father because of her sexual trauma. So she ran into the arms of a feminine expression of God, mother. This represents all the care for her, us. Our God is bigger than our human language. God is a good God. Despite what some traditions say, God lo God's love is so great that God came to earth to break the separation between us and God so that we could be in relationship with Jesus Christ. The word surrender for us may also have a negative connotation because of our backgrounds. But this is a surrender to a loving God, not a condemning God. Jesus says that I came into the world not to condemn the world, but so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. My, fr my friend Kristen described abundant life in another way. I'm not pushing upstream. I don't get in God's way by thinking I can change everyone or every circumstances. I go with the flow. 
I know that God is with me working out every situation. This is surrender for me, allowing God to work out every situation. That is what gives me peace, my abundant life. Celebrate recovery, cause it turn. Trust, understand, repent, new life. I have adapted this story uh, to my own story. Have you ever been behind a semi-truck on a two-lane mountain road? Last summer, I was in Colorado with my friend Cindy, where we were in the mountains, and the scenery was beautiful. At one point, we approached a very steep incline, and there must have been 10 cars in front of us. All of us were stuck behind this very slow-moving truck. The truck chugged along very slowly up the hill. All of a sudden, the truck driver sticks his arm out the window and motions for the cars to go by. His arm, by his arm movement, he was telling us it was safe. There was no oncoming traffic. We could pass. One by one, the cars on the uh, cars trusted their own families' lives to a total strangers as they moved out in blind trust. We all went around the slow-moving truck. All of a sudden, it hit me. Not the truck. <laughs> no, I realized that we trust our lives to complete strangers every day. We trust our, the hamburgers we eat at restaurants not to make us sick. We trust people to stop at the red lights. Why then is it so hard for us to trust our lives in the cares of God? Whose eyes are always on us. I don't know about you, but I would rather walk with God in the darkest valleys than walk alone. Church, if you don't hear anything else I have to say today, hear this. Don't edge out God by your pride or your feelings of shame. Turn to God. Trust, understand, repent, and receive new life. This is the hope of surrender. Throughout Scripture and uh, throughout, uh, through surrendering the, uh, and faith in this loving Savior, we become children of God. Through surrendering and faith in this loving God, we become children of God. We get all the promises that come with that. We receive the Holy Spirit that works in us to do the will of God. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive in you. The same Spirit gives you the power to do the whole will of God. We don't have to do it on our own. The fact is that someone will always be better. Someone will always be prettier. Someone will always seem holier. The decision to surrender is that we acknowledge that we can't do it on our own. You see, church, Jesus Christ made the ultimate sacrifice. Through his grace, he is the one that makes you good enough. He is the one that gives you beauty for ashes. It's not about what you do. It's about you trusting God. 
The scripture in Romans refers to the sacrifice of something that we do. This is a word play. Remember, the whole book of Romans is based on the righteousness through our righteousness through Jesus Christ. The point is that Jesus has already done it all. Our response is to receive God's grace and mercy. We give our hurts, our hang-ups, our hang-ups to a good, good God, and the Holy Spirit will work through us to complete the next step. The hope of surrender is that we turn our wills over to a good, good, good parent that gives us the power through the Holy Spirit to do everything that is good, acceptable, and pleasing to God. You don't have to do it on your own. Will you surrender? Amen.